Vincent's like, where's the jingle? It was the organ. Right, Martha? Yeah. Good morning. How are y'all? How are the rest of y'all? Good? Good. Good to hear, you, hear from you, Jensen. Welcome, uh, everyone, to 7th Street Christian Church. Welcome, visitors. It is good to see um, some new faces. It's, uh, we have, it's also missing some faces, several people um, out and on vacation, and we hold them in our, our hearts and uh, send them traveling mercies. Um, a few announcements. Uh, this, after, after worship, we will have a reception for the very gifted Martha, who can play both organ and trombone at the same time, apparently. <laughs> Martha has been with us for about six months, um, filling in as the interim music director, and her last Sunday is next Sunday, May 12th, and so we will be celebrating uh, Martha this morning and giving her well wishes and thanks um, for just all that she has done and all that, she, that you've done for me and for 7th Street Christian Church in the last several months. Uh, she's been absolutely awesome to work with, bringing wonderful, great ideas, refreshing musical ideas here, um, including our gathering song, which we'll sing in a few minutes. So, um, A couple other announcements. In the prayer concerns, there was a formatting issue that it might appear as though I am ill. I am not ill and very healthy, um, and I am grateful for that. But it, the formatting issue just makes it look like I am sick. And some people have reached out this week concerned. But it is Reverend Holly. It's my friend who is, uh, who is sick. And so, I, yeah, we hold my friend Linda in our thoughts and prayers. So I um, want to just point out the number of things happening uh, this week and things that you can participate in with your bulletin insert. Um, May's call to action for Safe Harbor our church world service blanket drive in honor of Mother's Day. And next week, a wonderful celebration of Letitia Cawthorn Day, where the five organizations um, that we had talked about, like SOAR, 365, and uh, I'm going to, it's listed, I'm not even going to try to remember them all. But those five organizations are going to be with us again in worship as we celebrate the gifting of the $200,000 donation fund um, from Letitia Cawthorn. So uh, we're going to have a reception afterward. It should be a wonderful celebration and hope that you will come back and, and, and celebrate with us. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also this afternoon, just to make you aware, Hen we were, uh, uh, Henrico doctor's office reached out to us about hosting the remembrance service for bereaved parents. So anyone who has lost a child, um, uh, they have a, a special service, and we are hosting that this afternoon at 4 p.m. Um, it doesn't require anything on our part, but if you're in the neighborhood, if you would like to be a part of that, like just being a presence, a 7th Street presence, you're welcome uh, to come to that service at 4 p.m., here in the sanctuary, and so we're happy that we can offer our sacred space to Henrico Doctor's Office, um, as well as uh, parents who have perhaps lost a child. So, um, with that, let us have our gathering song. Jamie Babzak is actually preaching this morning at our home church, 
in Pennsylvania, and so we wish her well, and it is up to me uh, and Martha, but she's a seasoned pro, to lead our gathering song. So any children young or young at heart can come forward and help us sing our gathering song. It's a familiar one. I had us choose a song that is very familiar. For those who may be new, what we do is we get our instruments that we've actually put them at the, uh, in all the pews this week, and we invite any children or those young at heart, including even our, our choir members, our faithful, where is everybody? Everyone's out of town this week. You should have a few in the, in the pews. Everyone know Jesus loves me? I think so. Do you all remember the signs that we worked on a couple, we sang it a couple months ago, right? I don't remember, but that's okay. All right, I don't think we need to go through the words, but, so we'll, thank you all. Good job. I don't, I don't have an instrument. I don't know that we need an, well, all right, what's our note? Yeah. Get, stand up and sing if you can. All right, we got it. <laughs> All right. Jesus loves me so, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Well done. Martha was rocking it out. I was going to take it slower, but she, like, pepped it up. Good job, everyone. Thank y'all. What? No, I think we're good. Did you want to do it? Jensen's like, are we doing it again? Do you want to? Good morning. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? Brothers and sisters, if you lift your net and it is empty, come here. If you open your eyes but do not recognize the Holy One, come here. If your life is filled with mourning, come here. Christ is leading a dance of joy. Come here, sisters and brothers. Please join me in the opening hymn, Thine is the Glory, number 218.
please remain standing and join me in the prayer of confession. Merciful God, Saul did not recognize the presence of the Holy One in the followers of the risen Christ until your light struck him sightless, helpless, and at last able to hear your voice. In our day, too narrow vision stops us from recognizing your presence in all of creation. The disciples could not succeed in fishing until the risen Christ showed them how to cast their nets into your abundance. In our day, we too often treat this world with arrogant self-righteousness as though it is our exclusive domain. Forgive us. Teach us again that you have placed us in the eco-network of relationships. Lead us to attend the gift of your creation that we may feed the whole world community today and our children tomorrow. Amen. God's love for us is ever sure, given in mercy. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. You may be seated. We're doing something a little different during our first reading. Uh, so you're going to have to turn to your bulletins. You see the reading for Psalm 150? It is truly a proclamation and praise to God. And we are going to, to do this in, uh, responsively. Um, and we are truly going to do our best to praise God. We have planted various instruments in your pews. Can you locate one? You see them? Give them a good shake. Let me hear it. Come on. 
All right. Because this is going to be a participatory reading, not just with words, but with some musical instruments. So, um, so for example, um, there may be a call to use our symbols. Who has some symbols? All right, any more? All right, there's some symbols. And there may be a call for some drumming. We, I think we only have one drum, but how else can we do some drumming? All right, we use our feet. All right. All right, I just want to make sure. Right, are you all ready to try this? All right. Alleluia. Praise God in this holy house of worship. Praise God under the open skies. Praise God for awesome acts of power. Praise God for magnificent greatness. Praise with a blast on the trumpet. <laughs> Praise by strumming soft strings. <laughs> Praise God with cassinets and dance. Praise God with banjo and flute. That's pretty good. Praise God with cymbals and a big bass drum. Praise God with fiddles and mandolin. All right. Let every living, breathing creature praise God. Alleluia. The word of the Lord. Not bad, guys. Scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. I invite you to read along in your pew Bibles or to actively listen. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. 
So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them, and though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to Peter, Follow me. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> Pollen in the air. Mm -hmm. 
many of you have lived in the meantime, the meantime space, the space when you are waiting for whatever is next, your flight to take off, the oil chains to wrap up, a new job, graduation. Meantime space may be an undefined period of time. It is uncertain what the future may hold. Like, will you win the lottery? Or the time between doctor's appointments and test results. In the meantime, is an attempt to be productive while you're settling into a new normal. In the meantime, is not usually where you desire to be, but it is often where we find ourselves spending the most time in life. In the meantime, when we can't go back and the way forward just isn't so clear. In the meantime is where we find Peter and the disciples are living in our gospel story today. Remember, prior to this story of Mary seeing the resurrection, Prior to this story is the disciples locking themselves in their house out of fear. Prior to this story is Thomas's encounter with Jesus. And we don't know how much time has elapsed between then and this morning. A week? A month? Years? And maybe not quite knowing the way forward after the resurrection and waiting on God's next move, Simon Peter blurts out, well, in the meantime, I'm going fishing. And several of the disciples say, yeah, that's a good idea. They go back to their day job. They get back to their normal routine. They go back to what they know best, fishing. A colleague of mine, who also enjoys fishing, says John 21 contains the saddest scripture ever. They went out and got into the boat, but that night, they caught nothing. That is not good news. It is especially sad and disappointing and maybe even depressing when even your meantime plan doesn't work out. And along comes this stranger who asks if they have caught anything and when they respond, no, encourages them to drop their nets 
on the right side of the boat. And when they bring up their nets, their nets are overflowing with fish. And in this act of abundance, they realize this stranger is Jesus. And the abundance continues. The sun is coming up. Everything is soft and quiet. The disciples are coming to shore after a long, dark night with all of their fish, and they find that Jesus has made them breakfast. An act of hospitality and abundance that would have reminded them of Jesus' act of abundance when feeding the 5,000. And Jesus not only provides for his disciples, but he also invites them to contribute what they have. And an extension of who they are. What I love about this passage is that it is an invitation to the disciples and to us to participate. The truth is, most of life are meantime moments. And if we are always just waiting around for big flashes of light or the sky to open up or God to descend or aha moments of enlightenment or winning the lottery or for everything to go back to the way it used to be when the church was big and full, when we were young and beautiful and skinny and in perfect health, I fear that we're going to be waiting around a long time and that life is going to pass us by. Jesus isn't calling us to wait. Jesus is calling us to follow. When we are living life in the meantime of the resurrection, what does discipleship look like? What happens next in the scene with Peter is explicit and powerful. Three times Jesus asks Peter to confess his love, and three times Peter does. Do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Then tend my sheep. Do you love me? Follow me. Follow me in the ways that I have cared deeply for those the world has not. Follow me in the ways that I have fed others. Follow me in the ways that I have healed and shown mercy. Follow me in the ways that I have seen those that the world has chosen to not see. Follow in the ways that I have spoken out for those who are in misery and poverty. When so much of our faith 
has been reduced to what happens to us when we die? Or adding converts to our roster? This story reminds us that what Jesus asked us to do is to simply follow. Discipleship means participating in the work of Jesus' ministry, to take on the role as a shepherd. I am reminded of the words of Teresa of Avila, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on in the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. I can't help but think that when life isn't going as planned and we find ourselves or others struggling in the meantime, that we will remember this story and the hope from it. That Jesus is recognized, is seen, in the midst of incredible abundance. Can we be that abundance? Can we be Christ to each other, lightening each other's burdens to make life even just a little bit easier? Do you love me? then follow me. I invite us to respond to our gospel through music as we stand and sing our hymn of commitment, Here I Am, Lord, found on page 452. Verses 1 and 2. Let us stand and sing.
seated. I wanted to start it off. I've been thinking about this all week, even though it wasn't my week. But I've been thinking about this, and I just want to say a couple of things before I pray. When I first moved to Richmond in 1996, I was on my way to the convention center. And there was a lady who was old enough to be my mother that was homeless pushing a cart. And I was on the other side of the street, and I said, I'm going to give her some money because she is old enough to be my mother. And I had never seen a homeless person in my lifetime that a woman being old enough to be my mother. So I walk up to her, and I put the money there, and she holds her hand up, and she says, she doesn't speak a word. Now, I could have walked away from that situation and said, wow, I can't believe she didn't take my money. But I walked away and I said, God, I hear you. You let me see that you are there. But, you know, that was you in my eyes that you were willing to give to somebody and they did not take it and don't take offense to it because sometimes God it shows up at the strangest places. And Pastor Ron and I were in Brazil and we went to this restaurant and we were having lunch and we were with a young man that could speak Portuguese and we prayed over our food and everybody was whispering and talking amongst themselves. And when it was time for us to leave, they all lined up and hugged us and said, we believe in God too. And we're like, how did you know? And they said, because you prayed over your food. And we just wanted you to know that we believe in God too. And that's what Holly was talking about in her sermon. God shows up <laughs> the strangest places when you don't expect it. And then in 2005, I was in a car accident on my way to the seminary going to work. And I ended up wearing a halo for four months. And one night, I had a really bad day. And I woke up the next morning and I said, somebody prayed. 
all night long because I got up out of that bed, was able to dress myself, able to walk, and I would never wish the halo on anybody. But I tell you, God shows up, and people pray for you, and you may not even know it. But all of us, as I start my prayer, we are all here standing in the need of prayer, God. People all over the city, even in our church, even in the world, we need you, Lord. We need you to help us to find the path in the right way. We know you are standing there watching us, but you have sent us out to be your disciples and to do your work. We may not always get it right, but you know we are trying. You would be surprised of who you touch. There are so many people hurting in this world and so many people need help. We know we cannot help all of them, but we need to touch that one person to let them know that they are loved and that God is there and that he knows what their needs are. He knows what all of our needs are before we even know what they are. But it says rejoice, rejoice, praise God. Don't hide him, don't keep him within yourself. Let people know that there is a God and that he can help each and every one of us through all our trials and tribulations. He puts his hands on us through other people to heal our bodies. But he is there. And we just need to let him do his works. And we need to do our work for him. But as you all know, that my specialty is that I hear God through song. And that song let me know that God is there. And I'll just sing my one verse of my song. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. Let the church say amen. Amen, church. Amen. Thank you.
We give in grateful thanksgiving for all that God has given us. In the upside-down world of the gospel, we measure our wealth not by what we have, but what we can give away. Let us give away generously in this offering to bless your church, your people, your creation. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for the gifts and ministries of your people. Grant that this offering given in thanksgiving for all the blessings you have given us will fill empty hearts with love and will proclaim your honor and glory in the name of Christ Jesus to all people. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday, the world lost an incredible person. Many of you may not have ever heard of Rachel Held Evans. She was only 37 years old and leaves behind two young children and a devoted husband. She was a gifted writer and speaker and theologian who challenged common beliefs within church and faith. She was a faithful servant and an incredible support to women in ministry, helping leaders find their voice and encouraging them to keep on keeping on. When reflecting on God's beloved community, she wrote, This is what God's kingdom is like. A bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table, 
not because they are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry, because they said yes. And there is always room for more. So come. Come to this table with your doubts and come with your hopes and in your inadequacies and come with your strengths. Come for this is a table where, where all are invited and all are welcome. Come knowing you are enough. Let us join in song in our communion hymn in memory of a Savior's love on page 405. As we gather around this table, we remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and gave it to his disciples and said, This bread is like my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and poured it out and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends and guests, this morning we participate in communion by intinction, and you are invited to come forward in a few moments, taking a piece of bread and dipping it in the cup and partaking of both elements together. Here at 7th Street Christian Church, Every single person is welcome to this table. So no matter who you are or where you are from, know that you are welcome. Let us pray. My fellow oddballs and outcasts, let us unite our hearts in prayer. Here we are, Lord, once again, standing at this table to be fed because we are hungry. We are hungry for love. We are hungry for acceptance. We are hungry for justice. We are hungry for peace. We are hungry for health. We are hungry for understanding. We are hungry for forgiveness. And at this table, you feed us all. We give you thanks for the Christ, who was so odd and so strange to the people around him, and yet so filled with your love, that he changed the hearts and lives of so many and continues through the ages to do the same. 
because so many, including we, have decided to follow him. Not just to worship, but to follow. Bless this bread as we partake of it, that it may nourish our bodies as only, the, as only your love can. We pray these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we gather at this table to give thanks for the cup. It is our remembrance of the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. But more than that, it renews and reinforces our individual reliance on the expression of faith in our everyday lives. Faith and confidence of our loved ones, in charity, in sharing and listening, and faith in the judgment of those we trust. We rejoice and take strength in knowing that the sole root of our faith is in you, and without the example and teachings of Jesus Christ, it is an undefined and hollow word. Hear us, Lord, as we pray, each in our own way. Accept these prayers in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy One, we are fed, intended to in our need. In return, may we have the courage and generosity to follow you, feeding and tending those around us. May we hear your call and follow you as you lead us on new paths of justice, mercy, and peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us join in our closing hymn, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, on page five. A celebration reception for Martha Purvis, so please join us in the parlor following this benediction. As you go out into the world, seek the presence of the risen Christ in each other and in all of creation. May God give you joyful courage to follow the command of Jesus. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, follow me. Amen.